The second reading this morning is from 1 Peter 1, 3 to 16. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It is reve was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that, that have now been told you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as you were called, just, just as, you, sorry, but just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Thanks, Peter. Um, we are in the second of our short three-week series on faith, hope and love. And so today we are looking at hope. Um, it's a bit more of a topical talk, I guess you could say. So we're going to be jumping around um, different passages, but we are going to be dipping into that one that Peter just read for us from 1 Peter chapter 1. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, you might like to keep it open just there. And uh, let's pray as we begin again. Heavenly Father, um, as we've already prayed, we ask that uh, your spirit will be working in our hearts as we spend time reflecting on the great hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, we particularly pray that you will open the eyes of our hearts, that we will know this hope uh, which you have promised us in Jesus, and that that uh, will lead us towards uh, looking for that great uh, fulfillment of that hope in such a way that it affects us now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wonder what it would look like for you to live a life that is filled with hope. I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it, that idea of a life filled with hope? I still remember um, back when I was a kid, the very first time that I ever went to Australia's Wonderland. Do you remember Australia's Wonderland? 
just over on uh, on the M4 there for the younger among us. It's near where Raging Waters is now, this theme park. And um, I remember the first time that I went there, it was for a friend's uh, birthday party and a bunch of my friends had already been before. And so they really talked up how good it was going to be. And I couldn't help getting excited. I was really looking forward to it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't help getting excited about it, uh, preparing for it, you know, packing my bag, setting my alarm as the time was approaching. It, it, that was me living with hope. And I tell you, it, it didn't disappoint. Um, it kind of began a, uh, a love affair with roller coasters for me. I still remember being upside down on the pirate ship. Do you remember the pirate ship? Uh, being upside down in the pirate ship and taking a photo with my little disposable camera. Uh, but as I said, that was me living with hope as I looked forward to something great in the future. And as you're probably aware, kids are great at hope. Kids are great at getting excited about something good that they're looking forward to in the future. I guess uh, most uh, classically, uh, that idea of you know the birthday or Christmas, only three sleeps to go. And that excitement about what's coming in just three sleeps is kind of what excites and drives and motivates them towards that future as they look forward to it. But I wonder, as you've gotten older, maybe you find yourself more looking forward to the sleep than to the thing that comes after it. Maybe you think hope is just for kids or for daydreamers who have their heads in the clouds. Or maybe you've been disappointed too many times and so you've kind of given up a bit on hope. Or you're so overwhelmed with the now, with the present, that you find it hard to kind of see into the future with any kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And so it can feel a little bit hopeless sometimes. Whatever your experience of hope is, I hope that you can at least imagine the potential goodness of a life that is filled with hope of what that might look like, like, look like and what that might be like. I mean, doesn't that sound good? What kind of life would that be? That's what we're looking at today, a life filled with hope. But not just any hope, particularly the hope that is found in Jesus. And as we're doing this kind of short series, just three weeks on faith, hope and love, I've got a hunch that of the three, this is the one that probably we are the most we are the least clear about, the most unclear about. And I think that for many Christians, hope, or I guess the lack of it, is a significant reason for why the Christian life can often feel dry and joyless. Why perhaps the Christian life can feel like trying to drag yourself out of bed in the morning without really anything to look forward to. You know, we believe it, in theory, but we don't really feel it. Or on the other hand, why the Christian life can feel like a conflict between what I know I should be getting excited about and what I really do get excited about. And so kind of it exposes our hearts that we're looking for hope in the wrong things. So I believe that if we get this hope right, it has the potential to make a real a massive difference for how we live the Christian life. So let's, let's get into it. And I think it's important to start with a definition of what we actually mean when we say hope, because we do use the word hope in lots of different ways, don't we? In fact, I've used it a number of different ways just now. And so it's important that we understand what we're actually saying and what we mean when we talk about hope. And so I want to suggest a really simple definition that I'm going to kind of clarify and expand on as we go. 
This is, this is I think, a good definition of hope when it comes to the, the Bible's idea, and that is this. Hope is looking forward to something. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Hope is looking forward to something. And when I say that, I want to also clarify what hope is not, particularly when we're talking about Christian hope. That is, particularly, hope is not just wishful thinking about some uncertain future that I would like to happen, but I'm not really sure that it will, and so I say, I hope that's what will happen. That's not what we're talking about. So you know we use it that way, right? You say, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I hope I've passed my exams. I hope I've saved enough for retirement. I hope the COVID restrictions don't go backwards again. That kind of hope is about what we might like to happen. It might not, but we hope that it does. We use the word hope in that kind of way, but that's not how the Bible uses the word hope when it comes to our hope in Jesus. And particularly the idea of uncertainty that kind of goes hand in hand with that way of talking about hope. That's not what we mean when we talk about Christian hope. As I said, the simplest way to talk about it is hope is looking forward to something, like I was looking forward to going to Australia's Wonderland. Not a pipe dream, not a wish, something real, something good. I don't actually have it yet, but it will happen, and so I am looking forward to it. And as I look forward to it, it kind of has a positive impact on me now. And so what I want to do is I really just want to talk about the two aspects of that simple definition that I said, looking forward to something. Those are the two things I'm going to talk about. Well, I'm going to reverse them and I'm going to talk about the something first, the something that we look forward to. And so the first point that I want to make, as you can see on the screen there, is simply that hope is a thing. That is, often when the Bible talks about hope, it's actually talking about the thing that we are looking forward to. That is, hope is not just a feeling or an attitude in me. Hope is looking forward to something. And that something is our hope. Let me try and give an example in a different context of what I'm talking about. When I'm mowing the lawn, which I seem to have to do a lot these days because it grows so fast, when I'm mowing the lawn and it's a hot day and I'm sweaty and tired and thirsty and I just want to kind of quit, but I don't quit, I keep going, and the thing that keeps me going is that there is one thing that I know. I know that when I'm done, there is an ice cold drink in the fridge with my name on it. It's waiting for me. And when I'm done, I'm going to sit in the shade, I'm going to put my feet up, and I'm going to enjoy that drink and enjoy the handiwork that I've just done, knowing that I've finished the mowing. That drink is my hope while I'm doing the mowing. That's the thing that I'm looking forward to. Hope is a thing that we look forward to. That's what we mean by a thing. And so when it comes to our hope, the most important place to start is by looking at the thing that our hope is in. Because hope really is only as good as the thing that you're hoping for, right? It needs to be good and it needs to be real. So what is it? What is the thing that we are hoping for? Well, quite simply, it's the return of Jesus and all that will happen when he returns. And so if we could just put this next uh, verse up on the screen, two, uh, Timoth- Titus chapter 2, verse 13 says this, We wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
That's the thing that we are hoping for, the appearing, the return of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5 says that our hope is stored up for us in heaven. See, when I'm mowing the lawn, my hope is stored in the fridge. Our hope is stored up for us in heaven where Jesus is, and we will see that. We will see him when he returns. And when that happens, he will raise the dead. And so as you can see in that second quote up there, Paul says that his hope, he stands on trial because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead. When Jesus returns, he will raise the dead and bring perfect eternal life for all who trust him. That's the thing that our hope is in. And the book of Revelation tries to paint word pictures to help us to kind of see that hope more clearly. And, and Isaac helpfully read that for us at the very beginning uh, of our time together this morning. We hear about no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Everything that is painful or broken will be a thing of the past. And God will be with us and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. That's the thing that Christian hope is in, and it is good. And not only is it good, it is certain. See, as I said before, we tend to think of hope as being necessarily somewhat uncertain. That's why we say, I hope this will happen, or I hope that won't happen. But that is not the case when we talk about the hope that we have in Jesus. And I think I've been trying to think about why this one word sort of does these two things, and I think it's because normally when we talk about hope, we are talking about something that happens in the future, and the future is necessarily uncertain. So as we look forward to it, we have to kind of have some uncertainty about it. But that is not the case when it comes to the future that God has promised us in Jesus. Our hope is certain because Jesus rose from the dead to secure it. That's what we read, that's what Peter read for us in our Bible reading from 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me read from the beginning of that reading, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. <clears throat> See, there are plenty of good things in life that we might put our hope in, but none of them are eternal. Every one of them will perish, spoil, or fade. And in the end, death is the ultimate killer of hope. It's the big full stop that puts an end to all other hope, and people who are confronted with death, either their own coming death or the death of a loved one, know this all too well. But our hope is in the resurrection of the dead. And so we can have a hope that is secure, even in the face of death. Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death itself and so secured a hope that will never perish, spoil or fade. That's why we can have a certain hope. This is why hope wins, our hope in Jesus wins over every uncertainty, every insecurity, every difficulty, over every temporary hope that we might have. That nothing in this life, up to and including death, can spoil that hope. This is the foundation of Christian hope. So you can't just conjure up 
hope by trying to be a hopeful person. It doesn't work like that. It must begin by actually having something worth hoping for, something good and something secure. And that is only found in Jesus, in his resurrection from the dead, in the promise of his return and the glorious future that he will bring. So if you trust Jesus, then you have this hope. That's the first part we're going to be looking at today, the thing that we're looking forward to. We need to get that right. The second part of our definition is simply looking forward to that thing. So if, if, if hope is looking forward to something, then we grow in hope just by looking forward to that thing. The act of hoping is looking forward to it. As we look at this definition of hope, you can, and if you were here last week, you could be forgiven for thinking that this actually sounds a lot like faith, a lot like what we said about faith last week. Last week we said that faith is living for a future that you don't see yet because you trust the one who has promised it. And so it is looking towards that future. And likewise, hope is looking to that future as well. But I think the difference with hope is that your heart sees it, if I could put it like that. Faith is trusting that it is true, that it is real, that it is trustworthy, that future that we look to, that we see it with the eyes of faith. Hope is seeing it with the eyes of your heart, if that, if that makes sense, so that we love it, so that our heart longs for it. One of my favourite verses with regard to hope is Ephesians 1.18, which really speaks to this idea of seeing it with the eyes of your heart. And if you want to pray something uh, about hope for yourself or for others, pray this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. See, hope is having the eyes of our hearts opened so that we see, so that we love, so that we long for the thing that our hope is in. I mean, think about me going to Australia's Wonderland back when I was a kid. I mean, how crazy would it be if I said that I was looking forward to that day? I said that I was looking forward to it. I believed that it was happening, and yet I didn't spend any time thinking about it. I never talked about it. I didn't let it excite me. I didn't let it excite me. I just pretended that it wasn't going to happen and just got on with other things. I mean, how crazy is that? That's not living with hope. And yet, I wonder if we do exactly the same thing when it comes to our hope that we have in Jesus. We have this great hope, and yet we spend so much of our time, our energy and our effort setting our hearts on other things. Hope is looking forward to that future that we know is secure. So if we want to be people who live lives that are filled with hope, who grow in our hope, then we need to do what it says in verse 13 of our Bible reading this morning. It says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Fix our eyes fully on what we are hoping for. And that means, one of the most significant things that will mean is that we don't settle for some other second-rate hope. Some other hope that will, in reality, take our eyes away from our real hope. You know, as far as I can tell, the Bible never actually commands us to hope. What it does do, though, it, is it commands us to make sure that we put our hope in the right thing. 
and not in the wrong thing. And we get a perfect example of this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, where it tells us not to put our hope in wealth. Let me read verse 17 of 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to put that up on the screen there for us, Lockie. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I mean, you can see, can't you, how financial wealth or financial security, as we like to to call it, could so easily become a focus of our hope. It has so many of those same attributes that we just talked about. It, it, it promises a future that we look forward to. And that thing could, that future could motivate us in the present. It could be a source of joy for us now as we, as we look forward to that. Or also a source of anxiety as we see some uncertainty or insecurity in that. Don't put your hope in wealth, he says, which is so insecure. I mean, you could say the same about all kinds of things even other good things that can become alternative hopes. A relationship that I think is really going to anchor my life. An achievement that I'm striving for. A rest, you know, a holiday or retirement even. Those are good things. But they cannot be the thing that fills our hearts and our minds with hope. Because firstly, they will draw our focus away from the real hope that we have and have us settling for a second-rate hope. And secondly, those hopes are simply not secure. You know, I've watched friends as their hopes crumbled. I remember a friend who had a job prospect that he was looking forward to and that seemed so good and, and he was looking forward to it, but it just slipped out of reach. And just like that, his hope vanished. I have another friend who had a relationship that had such promise for the future until it didn't. Uh, The relationship fell apart and so did she. For both of them, after that, it was like they were a ship at sea that had been cut loose from its anchor in a storm. What they thought would hold them secure was gone. And now the waves of life were just tossing them everywhere. But our hope in Jesus is secure. Nothing can cut us loose from that anchor. The book of Hebrews tells us, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. But you know a lot of the time, and I include myself in this, we forget that we have this anchor, right? Or we think that it's not secure, maybe. And so we spend our time dropping all these other anchors to try and secure our confidence in the future. But they cannot hold the weight. And at the same time, we forget that we have this anchor, firm and secure. Growing in hope will mean that we fix our eyes on that anchor and that we don't let other hopes draw our attention away. And as I said at the beginning, I think this is where many of us are missing out on what hope has to offer. That is the present goodness of the future hope that we have in Jesus. Because, you know, the whole idea of hope is that it actually makes a difference for me now. You know, 
we look forward to that, and so it, that, that changes me now. But we're so busy finding our hope in other things that it kind of robs us of the goodness of having that hope for the future. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? We just said we did in the creed that we said. Do you believe that he will return and raise the dead and bring a new creation again like we just said? Does your heart know that? Or is your heart busy loving other things? Are you fixing your hope and your desires on other things so that you really barely see the goodness of our true hope and so that it really barely impacts on your life now? I know I say this a lot. In fact, Isaac read it for us this morning, but those words of Jesus are so relevant uh, in this moment. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We want to have our heart fixed on where we, were head- we are heading. We need to make sure that that is what we value, that that is what we look forward to, so that that is what our heart longs for. And the Bible consistently tells us that the fruit of hope, the outcome of having this hope, is joy and perseverance through difficulties, joy and perseverance. And people you know, often ask, how it is that Christians can be so full of joy even in hard times? The answer is hope. Because we know that we have something better that we are looking forward to. If your heart sees that and longs for it, How can that not affect you? Even in the ups and downs and the very real difficulties of life, that is secure. It cannot be taken away. Is that hope true for you? Do you have that hope? Because it's hard to keep going, isn't it, when you have no real concept of the end, especially when it's hard. Hope is seeing that end so that it fills me with joy and that it keeps me going towards that very good end. And as I think about this and an example of this, I, I, I can't help but remember Ivan Lee. Do you remember Ivan Lee? He was the bishop of this part of Western Sydney. Uh, he died just over a year ago from pancreatic cancer and uh, after you know, many years of battling with that. And every time I saw him or interacted with him, I could not help but notice that he had this hope. This hope. It was almost kind of written on his face. You could see his joy. You could certainly see his perseverance through what was clearly a difficult time. And you could see his continued commitment to what he knew he was heading towards. And all of that was driven by the fact that he saw that and his heart longed for it. And so it motivated him, gave him joy and perseverance and commitment to that in the present. And what a great example for us to follow. We should be looking forward to that same kind of hope that he had towards that great moment when Jesus will return and raise the dead and he will bring his new creation, physical and real, with only the beauty and the goodness that we just get glimpses of now, but that will be everywhere and everything, a world that is fit for God to live in with us. And we ourselves will have new bodies and new hearts, bodies that are free from sickness and disease and pain, a body that cannot die, a body that is fit for eternity. And our bodies and our hearts will be fit to live with God like a throne is fit for a king. We will be fit to stand in the very presence of God, and we will. 
There'll be nothing at all separating us from God. We will see him with our eyes. We will hear him with our ears. We will see his smile upon us. And we will want to praise him with every breath that we take. And we will enjoy the goodness of living perfectly with our God in a perfect creation. And living perfectly with each other. There will be no pain of broken relationships or of harsh words that cannot be unsaid. No divisions, no racism, no wars, perfect peace. And as we heard from Revelation, no more death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. The suffering of this present world will be a thing of the past. And the future will, will sparkle with the untainted goodness that we look forward to. And we'll leap for joy like puppies who just can't keep still because everything is good and new and exciting. And as the healing glow of the risen Lord Jesus spreads across the world like an eternal sunrise, bringing healing and new life to everything it touches, and it will never end. I mean, surely that's something worth looking forward to, right? Surely that's something worth fixing our eyes on and the eyes of our hearts so that we know it better, so that we see it more clearly and that we long for it all the more. Let's pray that we will. Heavenly Father, we do ask again that you will open the eyes of our hearts so that we will know this hope that we have in Jesus all the more clearly, that we'll see it with all the more clarity, that we will long for and love it. And Father, please help us to turn away from those things that distract our hearts towards other treasures that we may be investing in so that instead we will learn to love the treasure that you have promised us in Jesus and that it will fill us with joy, that it will enable us to persevere through current difficulties and that it will help us to live with commitment to that wonderful future that you have promised. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.